0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, the title of the message tonight is this, Never Quit. Any quitters in the house tonight? Scanning the crowd. All right. All right. Good. That's good. We don't want any quitters in the house because there's the old saying, I think Vince Lombardi said it, but winners never quit. And quitters never win. And that may sound like, yeah, I've heard that a million times, but I can tell you right now, as I said just a minute ago, Satan wants you to quit. Do you realize that? That right now, 2020, crunch time, the end of the world, Satan would love for Christians, would love for people everywhere, to finally say, you know what, I can't anymore. I just quit. I'm going to give up, and I'm going to have to go do my own thing. That. Is Satan's number one goal. A lot of people, and I've said this before, but they think man of the devil just wants to kill me, and, and listen, that's not his ultimate number one goal. I I mean, uh, from what I understand, and from what I really believe in my heart, his number one goal isn't to just come and straight up kill an on-fire born-again Christian, because hey, you can't threaten a Christian with death. Right? We just get to go to heaven! Don't don't threaten me with a good time, man. I'm not afraid of going to heaven. I'm looking forward to it. But this is Satan's ultimate number one goal. He would love to shake you so hard that you quit, that you let go of God. In fact, Jesus was talking to Peter one time, and he said, Simon... Simon, listen to me right now. You've got to pay attention. Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I am praying for you, Simon. I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. Now, what does it mean to sift? Well, to sift, the literal definition means you are separating from that which is useful. Now, there's lots of, you know, different ways of sifting, but I know when I worked in the restaurant industry, we would we'd have this big old sifter for sifting the flour. We'd shake it as hard as we could and get all the old clumps out, and we would separate it. And Satan wants to take every Christian that he can right now and violently shake your life this way and that way, and his ultimate goal is not that it'll kill you, it's that it will separate you from Jesus, that which is useful, and you will quit, and then... Perfect timing. Then he's fine if you die then if you're not connected to Jesus. Great. Now that I got him to let go because there is nothing worse than this when somebody can look at your life and say, yeah, don't tell me about Jesus. She used to talk about it all the time. Now look at her. She turned her back on. She gave up. She doesn't even talk about Jesus anymore. You tell me, tell to talk to me about faith. I don't think so because I can see what she did. I can see how he gave up. That is a trophy. That's another notch in his belt. That's what Satan wants to do. And I've made up my mind a long time ago, Jesus never quit on me, even though I've deserved it just a couple of times. I am not going to quit on Jesus. Not ever, but especially not now. You can't make me quit. You're going to have to kill me first, and then I'm just going to heaven. So listen, we don't quit. Say that with me. We don't quit. We refuse to quit. And I like what, even when things get hard, but Winston Churchill said this, when you're going through hell, keep on moving. Don't stay there. Never, never, never give up. And I love that quote because so many people, they may be going through the valley. They may be going through the hard time and they're like, well this looks like a good place to set up camp for the night. They get their tent out, they get their supplies out, and they decide that they're just going to camp in the valley for a while. But I refuse to camp in the valley. I'm going to the mountaintop, right? Amen. And so don't stay there, man. This is just uh, this is the the worst thing. This is the hardest time I've been through. Then keep on moving, but don't decide that you're just going to live there from now on. Keep on moving all right and so i've got a few things that we're going to say tonight going to look at some verses but my desire and my goal is to be an encouragement to you tonight and you're like well i don't need any encouragement i'm doing great well just wait because the devil would love to come and change that real quick but listen to me i want to encourage you i want to build you up i want to renew the desire within you that you are not going to quit even if everybody else does You're sticking with it. Amen? So let's pray. We're going to dig into the Word of God tonight, and I believe that God's speaking to you. Yes, you. God's speaking to you tonight if you'll listen. Amen? Jesus said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. Now, he wasn't talking about these flaps on the side of your head. Everybody's got those. He's talking about spiritual ears. If you've got a spiritual ear to hear, tonight's your night. Listen up. God's going to say something to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, so much for who you are. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our lives already. And we know, God, that Satan, just like you said to Peter, Satan has desired to sift some people like wheat. He's trying to shake their lives up and separate them, Lord, from the rest. But we declare tonight that that is not going to happen to anybody in this building, anybody listening to this message online. We thank you, Lord, that we refuse to quit. And you're going to take us, Lord, to the next level in our lives. We're only going forward. We're never going back. We declare that tonight in the name of Jesus. Everybody said So number one is this. Number one, everyone has mountains to face. Have you noticed that? Everybody has trouble. What's that old song? Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. (laughs) Listen, yes, they do. And I don't make light because... I mean, I, I know you guys, some of you guys have been through some legit stuff, and I don't make light of that, not one bit, but I'm telling you right now, everybody has mountains that they have to face. Now, you, you know, the, yours may be different, yours may be over here, theirs is over there, but that doesn't matter. Never believe the lie that nobody knows the trouble you've seen, nobody knows what you've been through, nobody's ever had it as bad as you have had it. That's a lie from Satan. Don't listen to that baloney. That's going to kill you if you'll give in to that. So look at this verse: First Corinthians ten, thirteen. First Corinthians ten and verse thirteen. Who's glad they came to church tonight? Amen. This is your midweek refresher. You've been out there in the world. This is your midweek refresher. We're just going to wash you off a little bit. Amen. We're going to we're going to speak the word into your life. We're going to fire you up so you can make it till Sunday. We'll do it all over again. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and I'm going to look first of all in the King James. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and, and man, I use this verse a lot because there is so much in this verse that we have got to get a hold of. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. That's good. I mean, I could end right there and I could go home a happy man. But God is faithful. Wouldn't it be bad if it said, man, there's, no, there's troubles, there's temptations, everybody goes through them, period. It doesn't say that. It says, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now that word temptation, the Greek word, it means trials, troubles, tribulations, temptations. It's a fourfold word. It means a whole bunch of stuff. And so when I read this verse, I can say the troubles in my life are no different than what everybody else faces. In fact, in the New Living Translation, look at this, throw it up there. The temptations, troubles, trials, tribulations in your life are no different from what others experience And God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation or trouble or trial to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, when you are troubled, when you have a trial on your hands, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. That's the gospel. That's good news right there, that there is nothing that can come at you in this life If you are close to Jesus, that can take you down. You will win every single time. Every time. Every time that you are in Christ Jesus, you're going to win. And I stand on that. I will stand by that statement until the day that I go to heaven, because it tells us in 2 Corinthians, Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Every single time that we are in Christ, we win the victory and so i got to say this as i'm reading that verse this tells me and it points out a very obvious fact that we all need to get and that's this that satan loves to lie to us again and and tell us that man nobody knows what you're going through look at all these look at all these people at that church they've got it together He wants to embarrass you. He wants to shame you. He wants to make you feel guilty and less than and bad and say, man, you're the only one even in there dealing with that. Why even go anymore? Why even, why even pray? Why even, why even stick with this stuff? You're a freak. Everybody else has it together, but you don't. And it tells me right there that the troubles, the temptations, the trials that I face are no different than from what everybody else is facing. That's good news. Because that doesn't mean just because I'm facing something, just because I'm dealing with something, I'm not the only one that's ever dealt with that. I'm not the only one dealing with it right now. I'm probably not the only one in this room dealing with it right now. But Satan wants to tell you that. And so I've got to tell you the truth tonight, and that's this. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Now that may not sound like love, That may not sound like, well, I didn't come to hear that. I came to hear that, that uh, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I don't care what you came to hear. This is what God wants you to hear tonight, and it's this. We've got to quit feeling sorry for ourselves all the time because that's a setup from the devil. When you start to feel sorry for yourself, amen, you're not in faith anymore. Because when we feel sorry for ourselves, we begin to crave sympathy and pity. We begin to crave uh, all these other emotions and things. And there's a place for sympathy. There's a place for compassion. Jesus had those things, but eventually we begin to rely on other people coming in to lift us up. Other people coming in to, man, girl, you just have it so bad. I feel so bad for you. And we start to feed into that emotion and like, yeah, I, I just, I just want everybody to know how bad I have it. And we begin to feed on those negative unhealthy emotions and that is not how you get victory your victory is found right here amen and so and so satan wants us to to get into this trap of relying on other people to come and lift us up and yes we should be doing that for each other but let's just get real sometimes there's nobody there to lift you up so what do you do? You did like David did when the Amalekites came and stole his wife and kids and his own army turned on him and said, we're going to kill you, David. What did David do? It says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And so if you got to rely on other people to always be there and, and give you sympathy and, and, and cry and tell you how much worse you have it than everybody else and, you, and you're just wanting to feel sorry for yourself, listen, that's not going to, get, that's not going to take you very far in life. You've gotta be to the place where David was, where he's like, well, no one else is gonna encourage me, they wanna kill me, so I'm just gonna encourage myself in the Lord my God right now. I'm gonna have to build myself up. So that's a word for somebody that we've gotta get to this place where we realize, man, every, I, I, I'm going, I'm not denying that I've got a problem right now, but so does everybody else in the world right now. I'm gonna have to face this thing, and I'm gonna have to do it God's way, because when we begin to feel sorry for ourselves, we exit the realm of faith. And the only way that we're promised victory in the Word of God is through faith. Through faith—that's the only thing I've got. I know it's not like I've got a bunch of money I can throw at my problems. It's not like I've, you know, got all this arsenal. Of, you know, I don't got all that stuff, but I do have this—I've got faith, and I've got the Word of God, and this is the weapon that I need. I don't need anything else. This is all that I need. Amen. And so, I want to tell you this. Somebody said this to me, and this, I mean, this this has meant a lot to me, that no matter what's going on right now, you've survived 100% of the worst days that you've had so far. Right? You're still here. You, I mean, you know, it's like, man, I'm going through it right now. Well, you've been through it before, and you've survived every single time. This isn't going to be the one to take you down. You've got to realize that. I am not going to give up. I am not going to quit. And I can tell you this much, and I mean it with all my heart. The only way that a Christian can lose is if they quit. The only way to defeat me is if I decide to just go ahead and quit right now and just move on. Yeah, well, I, but I've known people, and, and, and they stuck with the Lord to the very end, and, and and they died. I told you, man, death is not a defeat for the Christian. Paul said, for me to live is Christ." but to die is gain so what, what difference does it make i mean come on seriously listen you got to get this in your heart that that the only way for you to be defeated is if you quit and you just you know what i've had enough i'm not i'm not going on with this anymore you need to realize that the race that you are in the the the, the battle that you are in it's all a stacked game and it's stacked in your favor it's not fair. God's not out there. Well, it's not fair. I need to give the devil a fair chance at this race too. No, it's stacked in your favor. Imagine you're you're in a race, you're in a competition and 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 God the Father's the referee. He's the commissioner. He's 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 running the whole show and you're his son. And he's not interested at all and make well, I gotta make it fair for the devil, I gotta make it fair for his enemies, I gotta make it fair for the competition. He's not interested in that. He's only interested in you winning. Well, you may have had three strikes already, but God said, It's okay, take another swing at it. I'm right here for you, you get another chance. The devil saying, No, no, that he's failed too many times, and God's saying, No, he gets another chance. I make the rules, I'm his dad. I wish I was preaching to a church that was excited tonight, because I'm telling you right now, I'm getting excited while you're falling asleep. Maybe you've been out in the heat too long, but this whole thing is a setup, and it's set up for you to win. you got to get that. It's set up so you can win. Amen. And so everyone has mountains to face. And I'm going to say this, number two, keep climbing. Keep going forward. Now there's this, this woman in the New Testament that, that I greatly admire. One of the best stories in the entire Bible. And it's this woman known as the woman with the issue of blood. Anyone know this story? So this lady had been bleeding for 12 years. 12 solid years. In fact, go ahead and flip over to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. But this lady had had constant bleeding for 12 years. What it's like 2020. Right? Imagine you've been bleeding since 2008. That's awful. Terrible. And, and And so, in fact, it says that she had gone to the best doctors around. She had gone to every doctor. She spent all the money she had. 12 years worth of money. 12 years worth of doctors. You know what it says. She didn't get any better. She just kept getting worse. She threw everything she had at it but it just didn't get better. It only got worse for 12 solid years. But then something amazing happened. She heard of this man named Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Anybody heard of him? Come on. Maybe you've had problems for 12 years, 15 years, 20. Do I hear 25, 30, 35, 30? Okay. And so whatever's going on, when you finally hear about this man, Jesus, it's great to hear about him, but then you got to take the next step and you've got to go to Jesus and reach out to him. And so, Mark chapter 5, verse 28, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. That's faith right there. I mean, imagine, it would be so tempting to say, well, I've gone to new york i've gone to you know i've gone to la i've gone to atlanta i've gone to i've gone to every major major medical center in america i've tried everything else this is my last resort maybe if i touch him i might be healed no this lady had so much faith she said oh i guarantee it if i can just touch jesus i will be healed she just heard of him Imagine you, you've been studying him your entire life, and you've got something going on. Man, if I can just get a hold of Jesus, I will be healed. He will fix this marriage. He will take care of this bill. He will help me raise these kids. I've just got to get a hold of Jesus, and it will happen. Hope says there's a chance. It could happen. Faith says, oh, no, it Will happen. Woo! Come on somebody. Man, I'm just, I think I'm preaching to myself right now, but listen. This is faith right here when she said, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. That is an incredible woman right there. And so, look what happens. Immediately she touches them, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him so he turned around in the crowd and asked who touched my robe now think about that here's jesus and 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 he real he feels the power go out he feels it. he's like whoa i felt that i felt that and I know the same, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know that when I touch Jesus in faith, when I reach out, he can feel that, like, whoa! Man, what's going on down there in Barstow right now? Uh, somebody, I'm, I'm, people are reaching out everywhere, but someone in Barstow just now, they reached out in faith, and I felt that! Did you feel that? And so that's what Jesus, he feels the touch of faith. And so the disciples said to him, Man, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over This is the last day that you will ever deal with that again for the rest of your life. It's over with, and it was your faith that did it. Now you've been here a long time, so you know, you know what I'm saying here, that, that Jesus didn't say, my incredible power just healed you, though it was His incredible power. We all, nobody's denying that. It was definitely the power of Jesus, but Jesus said, your faith has made you well. The power is constantly running. The power of heaven isn't like SoCal Edison where if there's the heat wave, it goes out on you, right? Well, too many people are praying today. The, the, The lights in heaven are flickering right now. We're having a power outage. People need to just calm down. Take it easy. We know it's bad, but give us a minute to catch up. That never happens. The power is a constant circuit. It's always running, but it's up to you to take your cord and plug into that power and get the miracle that you need. Amen? And so there's never a power problem, but there seems to be a faith problem. And faith plugs in and says, I know when I plug this thing in, it's going to light up. I know that all I've got to do is plug this in, and I am going to get a miracle. And that's what this lady said. And Jesus said, you go your way. You're good. You will never, ever have this happen again for the rest of your life. Your faith has made you well. She reached out to Jesus. Now, a lot of people reached out that day. A lot of people were touching Jesus, you know, trying to get a high five, whatever, bumping into him everywhere. But only one person out of that crowd reached out in faith, and Jesus knew it instantly. And so I realized that the same thing probably holds true today. There's probably lots of people reaching out, throwing out a Hail Mary. I just hope this lands somewhere. I don't know. We'll try. we got nothing else going on. Trying it as their last. Re- There's lots of that stuff going on. But when a person truly reaches out in faith. He knows it, and that's when miracles happen. And so I want to look at a, an Old Testament story here, Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, we're going to look at verses 10 through 12. Who's with me still? Exodus 14, verses 10 through 12. And here we have the story of Moses. He, uh, he, he stepped up to the plate. He stepped up. And finally, after a series of ten plagues, ten terrible plagues, Pharaoh decides to let the people of Israel go. And so they're released, and they're on their way. They're like, man, whoo, finally conquered that. They make it all the way to the Red Sea right there. And Pharaoh's like, wait a minute, what am I thinking? Let's go get those guys back. So he chases them down, and they're trapped. With the Red Sea on one side and the whole entire Egyptian army on the other side. They're surrounded on every side. So this is a bad situation. But look at this. Exodus 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Sounds like some great people of faith right there, doesn't it? I mean, I want to hang out with those guys. Wow. No. I mean, here they are. Moses stuck his neck on the line. Moses, I mean, he went through everything, and God used him. God did it miracle after miracle and got them to this place, but the devil still wasn't giving up. He's like, no, 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 I, I, I'm I going to do everything I can to keep these guys. And so they were surrounded on every side. They instantly began feeling sorry for themselves. Well, at least we, we there's graves for us out there. We're going to die out here anyway. I mean, it turned into instant bad. But thank God they had a godly leader in their life. You need to have a godly leader in your life. I mean, that'll say, you can call, I feel like quitting. Don't quit. Don't quit. Not right now. Don't. Whatever you do, don't quit right now. And so Moses, look at this, verse 13. So they're all about to kill him. They're all turning on him. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. That sounds like what Jesus said to that woman with the issue of blood. Your suffering is over. It's over. Now there's gonna be other mountains to fight. There's gonna be other battles to win. But as for this, this is over. We're done with this. This is the victory right here if you won't quit right now. Verse 14, very famous verse. I, yep, it's on the wall right there. We put it up there. The Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. They mean I just got to stay calm and let God fight. Yes, that's what that's what we're saying here. Just stay calm. But if you're too busy panicking and and trying to blame everybody and 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 and, and trying to blow the whole thing up, I quit. I, you're gonna lose. The Lord Himself will fight for you. You just got to stay calm. I'm like, well, I can handle that. I mean, if that's that's what I got to do, just stay calm. And so, of course, we know what happens next. Look here at verse 21. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. Verse 22, so the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. So you could have an army on this side. You could have an entire ocean on this side. And God said, that's fine. Hey, no problem. I've got this. Just stay calm and watch what I'm about to do. And God can make a way where there seems to be no way. God can part the sea. God can crush the mountain and throw it into the sea. God can do whatever he has to do to get you to the other side if you just won't quit. Think about that. He said, I'll fight for you. You just stay calm. When David faced Goliath, he said, whoa, well, no, the battle is the Lord's. Everyone's looking, you aren't strong enough, you can't do it. I know that. Duh. Obviously I can't take this giant. But the battle isn't mine. The battle is the Lord's. I'm not counting on how good I am. I'm not counting on how smart I am. I'm not counting on how strong I am. I'm counting on how strong God is. And that's why I can face my foes. I can face anything that comes against me with pure confidence and know that I'm going to win. Always in Christ Jesus. Verse 26. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Take that enemy! Take that, devil. You're gonna, the, the very thing you thought was gonna trap me is gonna trap you. Verse 28. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariote- chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh, of all, listen to this, of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. Not one. Think about that. This is incredible. And all these guys, millions chasing them down, God crushed every last enemy that was after them. Well, yeah, but I, you know he never seen nothing like this, man I'm tell you what right now i 'm going through, and this is going on, and they said that, and this is going on. the troubles you face are no different than what others face, but God is faithful he will not allow the trouble temptation trial to be more than you can stand but will with every trouble make a way of escape so that you can endure somebody should be excited about that verse right there amen that god's got your back and so what if what if moses had let the people quit when they wanted to quit man i mean that that would be that would be the saddest moment in history right there. If Moses said, you guys, you know what? You're right. I'm out of here. You're on your own. I've got, I've got better stuff to do anyway. Quit. See if I care. Go ahead. It's your life anyway. I don't care. Go ahead and quit. But he didn't take that out of it. He said, no, you're not going to quit. Just stay calm. God's going to do the fighting. You just got to stay calm and keep your mouth shut and not quit. Man, if we could just get to that level. All right? And so the third thing I'm going to say tonight is this. God is able who knows that that god is able now to take it a step further it's that god is willing god is able and he's willing because it does us no good if god is able but he's not willing the good news is god is not only able god is willing to help us and get us out of any mess that we go through let's look at romans chapter 8 verse 31 romans 8 verse 31 who knows what this says all right, that's cool. That's good. Romans 8. <laughs> Renee knows. She just doesn't want to raise her hand right now, right? Am I right? Tony knows. Come on. You guys, you guys know this stuff. This is the good stuff. We saved some home run verses right for the very end. You, you know this stuff. Romans 8, verse 31. Man, I love Romans 8, dude. I used to read this chapter every day. I carried a little uh, uh, pocket New Testament from the Gideons. Every day, everywhere I went, I had my pocket New Testament. I worked at FedEx. And you weren't, you know, we weren't allowed to bring your phones in there. You're still not. but And that's a good thing, all right? You don't want someone sending in your box to Tokyo just because they were playing, you know, whatever on their phone. So, anyway, but we weren't allowed to bring phones or anything. So, if there was downtime, man, I'd sit down and I'd pull the Bible out and I'd read Romans 8 over and over and over and over again. And you can't read these verses. I don't mean If this doesn't excite you, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Romans 8, verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm going to say that one more time. Jose, they didn't get it, all right? I'm not, I'm not being mean, but they didn't get that. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who cares who's against us? Yeah, they invented a new disease this year, man. You don't even know. If God's for me, who can be against me? What can be against me? Nothing can take me down because I am in Christ Jesus. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Well, how do you know God's for me? I'm his son, man. Think he's against me? I'm not against my own kids. What kind of freak is against their own kids? Man, I'll tell you what, he's, she's my daughter, but I don't, I don't like her. I don't want her to win. I'm totally against her. Yeah, he's my son. I don't care if he wins. See if I care. Let him quit. Man, that's not the father I know. The father I know is for me. He's on my side, and I'm on his side. So, man, people say the stupidest thing. Yes, brother, it says that, but how do you really know that God is on your side and you are on his side? How can we know the will of God, brother? Man, get away from me, weirdo. Don't touch me. That's sick. People say junk like that. Man, that's disgusting that you would claim that. that, 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 I mean, come on, that is sickening that somebody would say something stupid like that. How can you know the will? I can tell you, I know the will of God very well because I read it every single day. His word is his will. Well, how do you know he wants to heal you? Because he already provided for the healing. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So when I say something like, God wants me to be blessed. God wants me to have the money that I need. Well, brother, I don't know. How could you say that? I didn't say it. His word said it. Anyway, I'm just, hey, there's some weirdos out there, people. Look out for them because they say dumb stuff like that. And then Christians believe it. That was Romans eight thirty one. How about verse 37? Verse 37, it says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What are you? Me? Oh, I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved us. Well, what makes you think you can say that? Conquerors can say whatever they want to say. And I'm not just a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Well, aren't you ever tempted to quit? Not with Jesus on my side, man. I would never. I'm never going back to what I used to be, to what I came from. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved us. He loves me. He's on my side. I'm his son. Jesus is my big brother. I come from a wonderful family of royalty. Amen. Some people got to get that revelation. And here's the last one. Alright, I'm just, we're gonna do you a real solid tonight and just give you one more verse to stand on. Ephesians 3.20, King James. Ephesians 3.20, and the King James. You need to know these verses. I hope you wrote these down. Ephesians 3.20. So I'm talking about, don't quit. Everybody faces mountains. Keep on climbing. Number three, God is able. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that what? Now unto him that what? Is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is available at the moment. No, according to the power that worketh in us. Well, what's the power that works in you? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives right on the inside of me and on the inside of you. God is able to not only do what I pray for, but to do exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think. So what am I saying tonight? I'm saying never, ever, ever quit. If you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stop and stay there Keep moving and go through it until you get to the other side, until the sea is parted, till the mountain's thrown out of the way, until he crushes the army against you, whatever the case is. Keep on moving. Never, ever, ever, ever quit. And he's never gonna quit on you. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. God is good. We're gonna go ahead and bring it in for a landing right there. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast.